the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Welcome back. Lovely market out there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, nothing to worry about. I was just having a couple conversations this morning. A couple of uh, people, associates, clients. And uh, I think it's it's kind of funny. The, the NASDAQ's actually, the technology stocks have been taking it on the chin the most uh, since the beginning of the year. And, you know, they're down pretty good. A little over 30% from that time period. That That's a big correction. That's definitely the definition of a of a bear market. Uh, if you look at the S&P 500, uh, it's actually about a third less than that, which is uh, still down 24%, but at least it's not in the mid-30s. <laughs> if you look at the uh, uh, the Dow, the Dow's only down about 21%. Those are huge stocks, by the way. So the bigger you get, you get um, the less volatility we've seen. But in the long run, those techs got techs, tech stocks, I can say that, will have much more growth um, typically. And when I'm looking around, uh, we'll come back to that a little bit in the show, uh, actually, because it's very important. But what I really wanted to, to spend a lot of time talking about, when you go through these corrections, and they happen fairly frequently, um, I remember way back in the uh, the 80s before you had the internet, you know, 1987, there was a day, I think it was this day, actually, no, it wasn't this day. There's a day in October. The market had dropped 20% in one day. <laughs> 20% in one day. And what's really wild about that is that it was already down 15% before it dropped that 20% in a day. So when you look at it from that standpoint, from the peak to the trough, it was a more than a third and it's just normal, but people didn't realize that the market was down that much because back in those days, you didn't have, there was no internet and you had a statement that came out. If you had a transaction, you would get a statement for that month. If you had no transactions, you didn't get a statement until the end of the quarter. So although people looked on television to say, oh my gosh, the market's down 20% a day, they didn't realize the uh, you know how much it was fluctuating on a day-to-day basis and how similar markets have behaved the entire time I've been in the industry, which is going on 32 years now. Wow, I'm really aging myself. <laughs> so it's really never not been this way. It's always been this way. And I, you get people that come up through the system and they, you know, they read a lot of those Facebook ads, you know, read a lot of internet ads. 
oh, just lot, just winners, no losers, or we won 85, 90% of the time. No, sorry. Um, if you're going to make money in financial markets, you're going to earn it and you're going to earn it through having patience. If you can't keep patient and can't keep calm, you probably shouldn't be in the market anyway. Now, the last few years, that's been really tough. I mean, the last few years, in fact, let me go back. I'm, I'm looking at a five-year chart now just of the Dow. The Dow, which is not the best performing index over that time period, is up almost 70% over that time period. Think about that. Almost 70%. But it's had three major corrections, four actually, during that. that uh, it's a seven-year time period now. So you've got four corrections that are over 10% in uh, the last five years. So now tell me how that's changed. <laughs> when I was first in the industry, the uh, I was taught that you would get a 10 to 15% correction every 12 to 18 months. It's just kind of the way that the stock market worked. And then you got a, a correction that would go over 20% on average, roughly every five years or so. But when I say that, I, I almost cringe myself because I know people are, are going like, he said every five years, so let's go measure from the date and five years in the future and we'll avoid that. No, that's not how it works. The, uh, they may You may have two big corrections in one five-year time period. You may go uh, 10 years without a big correction then have three in 18 months. The average <laughs> is five years of a correction of 20% or more. So averages in a lot of in a lot of areas they don't give you a lot of information. The average doesn't give you a lot of information, and that's one of the problems with statistics. It's a uh, you have to know a lot about the statistics and how they're being measured and what kind of data you're you're actually looking at. How widely dispersed are the outcomes? If that's going to be of much help, and then when you apply that to the stock market, you look at it and go, wow. That's not a whole lot of help. <laughs> so if, if you know a lot about statistics, you realize that, yeah, it, it's some help, but it's not a lot of help. And there are a lot of, there are many more, there are just easier ways to do this. Uh, and here's, here's the method that I use for my, my practice. I just, we sit down, we have a conversation. This is your money. What is your goal? Uh, we want it to grow, obviously. The uh, but growth comes with a cost. The higher the growth rate, the more that thing is going to fluctuate. And by the way, it doesn't seem fair. What do I mean by that? Well, to go from a 5% growth rate to a 7% growth rate, you're probably going to double the amount of risk you're taking. Think about that for a second. The amount of risk you're taking is going to go up 100% for a 2% increase in returns. <laughs> That doesn't sound real appealing, right? Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So here's what you need to do. If you're really fretting, okay, add up all your investments and take a look at, and see how much you have invested in stocks as a percentage of the total. So if you have uh, $500,000 and $250,000 of it is invested in stocks or stock funds, okay, that's roughly half. That's roughly half. So here's the key question. If you're willing to see that half drop by 50% or more, then you can keep it in stocks. Okay. If you were at, uh, let's do it at a million just to keep my, so I can do the math easier. So if you had a million bucks, which I think only one out of 30 people in the country, that's less than 3% actually have that. I'll have to double check that stat though. I'm not actually sure about that. That's the way it was a few years ago. Anyway, just, just sleep, say you have a million dollars. 50% of a million is 500,000 bucks. Are you still sleeping? Okay, if you're not still sleeping because you're down by 50%, you should not have 100% of your money in stock. Jumping in and jumping out is a great way to lose the same kind of money just slowly, more painfully over a longer time period. <laughs> That's called timing the market. And when you're timing the market, it's so funny. I have people that go, well, Bill, I know you're not supposed to time the market. I know we, I know that's impossible. But what I want to do is I want to be out of the market when the market's... That is the definition 
of timing the market. <laughs> if I knew, if anybody knew when the next big 20% correction was coming, I can show you a way to make thousands of percentage points. You just have to be really accurate. Just call that one time. Okay. And the reason there aren't a whole bunch of billionaires walking around, hanging out with Warren Buffett, flying all over, all over the country is because that is really hard to do. When I say really hard, I'm talking about like winning an Olympic gold medal hard. That, that's how difficult that is. And even if you win one competition, you might not win the next one. And if you keep going back to that same well, so what is the, what is the solution? I have the solution. The solution is figure out what kind of risk taker you really are. How much risk are you really willing to take? If you're not willing to see your, your portfolio drop by 50%, don't put 100% of your money in stocks. It's that simple. How much should I put in? Well, let me see. My risk tolerance is 35%. If I'm down a third, I'm a little upset, but not really. I've been through it so many times, I don't even care anymore. But at first, I picked it. Why did I pick the 35%? Well, because I knew I wanted to be around 70% invested in stocks. And I knew that if stocks got cut in half again, that I'd probably be down by about a third. Not the end of the world, not pleasing, but I think I can put up with it. So that's me. Now, if you're 65, uh, if you're over the age of 65, not sure that's the smartest thing that, that you could do, especially if you're not really super sophisticated and you've got a uh, iron will. <laughs> but uh, so here's what you would do. Let's say your decline tolerance is 15%. So you got a 15% decline tolerance. Okay, double 15%, that's 30%. That's what you should stick to as your max in the stock market. I can tell you one of the reasons that the stock market the stock market is so volatile today is because a lot of people, when the interest rates went down so low, like below 1%, they were buying stocks instead of putting that, rolling that money into CDs or treasuries or some other uh, conservative investment. You could take a fixed index annuity for that matter. Yeah, but so they weren't, they were taking money out of their conservative investments and they were putting them in the aggressive aggressive investments. Why? Well, because they knew they weren't going to make any money in the conservative investments where it was going to be uh, a small amount. And they felt like, well, I'm just going to buy these dividend paying stocks or stock funds and I should be okay. Yeah. Well, guess what? The correlation uh, amongst stocks is really, really high. What does that mean? When one, when some really big companies are going down, almost all of them are going down. That's what that means. The idea that a handful of them are going to not go down. No. Imagine this. Picture a uh, CNN video on flooding, and I don't care where it is. There's a monsoon somewhere in the world. Uh, Actually, look at Florida. Now, that's how stocks move. It moves everything. (laughs) Everything's The rock that you have is the fixed income, the bonds. Now, having said that, bonds haven't been paying a whole lot. Well, now bonds are. Fixed indexed annuities, they're actually ramping up their rates, which is kind of nice, and the old ones were pretty high. Actually, the old ones were high enough that they were higher than the average investor made in their stock accounts. That was pretty interesting. So um, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff a little bit later in today's show. But the bottom line is, in, uh, you know, to come up on the end of this first segment, is stocks have always been volatile. They've never not been volatile. When I first got in the industry, I, I read this book by this guy. His name was Peter Lynch. If, if you're probably 55 or older, you may recognize that name. Uh, if you're not, then you're a great history historian of financial markets. But he ran a fund called the Magellan Fund for a firm called Fidelity. I know you've heard of them. And while he ran it, he was the, the most successful mutual fund manager. It was number one. And so I wrote these books and they were bestsellers. And uh, he talked a lot about not being able to predict what was going to happen uh, to stick to high quality stuff. You know, if it gets to a certain point, he would sell it. People forgot that. And uh, uh, anyway, it was, it was a great book. And when you look at what he did, 
and how volatile his fund was. His, one of the reasons that only half the people that invested in that fund actually came away with a profit was because when the market went down a lot, they would jump out. And when it would go up, they would buy it. See, that's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be buying low and selling high, not selling high and buying low. <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what, it, by the way, it's the same thing today. If you're thinking of pulling money out of the market, you need to think that really carefully and just use that little rule of thumb. Hey, don't put any money in the market that you don't want to be seen cut in half. Okay, if you don't want to, if you don't want to be down 50%, don't put hundred percent of your money in stocks. And I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington. I'll be right back after these messages. The Cleveland Orchestra welcomes you to Severance Music Center this October and the wonder all around. First, it's Sasson's captivating organ symphony. Then, Beethoven's heroic symphony number no. three. Strauss's soaring Alpine symphony. And the romantic Schumann piano concerto. Experience the Cleveland Orchestra at Mandel Concert Hall this October. Tickets at clevelandorchestra.com. As we move closer to the decision of our lifetime, the left continues to freak out because they sense they're losing their grip on the control of our lives. They hate that. So be prepared for chaos. They seem to think chaos creates a better environment for their wacky ideas. Put on your gas mask. Be prepared for anything they may throw at us. But be prepared to vote and get your friends to the polls. It's never been bigger than this one. Election 2022 will be the answer. AM 1420, The Answer. And Odyssey. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Want to know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Is it finally time to update your bathroom? Bath Planet, a division of Joyce Factory Direct, specializes in replacing and converting old showers and tubs into new beautiful bathrooms in as little as one day. We have transformed thousands of bathrooms just like yours into a spa-like oasis that has homeowners excited to use their new bathtub or shower. Right now, all bath installations are 50% off. So call to schedule a free consultation with on-the-spot pricing. 440-243-5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. AM. 1420, The Answer. Celebrating 100 years in Cleveland. And we're back. Hey, this is Bill Bullington. If you hear anything you would like more information on, feel free to give me a call. 330-664-0700. Or you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. I'd be glad to reach back out and see if I can answer any questions you have. The, uh, we were talking a little bit about how the market's been so volatile. And, and you know, it's like I said, it's always been volatile. And I, I started this radio program in 1996, believe it or not. It was volatile then, and it's volatile now. So that's why I don't get upset. That's why you don't hear that in my voice. I've been conditioned. <laughs> and... If you want to be successful in the stock market, you're going to have to get to that point. You're going to have to get conditioned. Now, I understand it, it would take an incredible amount of research. I literally learned to write code in what now is a uh, historic language called C++. <laughs> but I did that because you know it was it's nice to read about 
you know, adventures in the stock market by Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch and a bunch of other guys that used to be around that are no longer managing money. Dating myself here again. Uh, But it was nice, but it's one thing to read about it. It's another thing to navigate through those markets yourself. And that's one of the reasons that that people hire somebody like me because I come in and we talk. This is what you could, uh, this is what you can expect. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the worst salespeople in the world. I try to be the advisor that I want. <laughs> Tell me what my risk is. Tell me what the challenges are. Don't just go over the good stuff. I want to hear that too. But I want to know, be realistic, what my challenges are. And the challenges with investing in stocks is that they can be down 50% or so, and that's normal. That is considered normal. Okay. It doesn't happen often. Thank, thanks for that by the way, but it does happen. And these 25 to 30% drops, they've been happening much more frequently the entire time I've been in the business. Uh, And actually, you have to go back to the early 1900s before the Depression. Stock markets in those days were about as volatile as they are these days, if you can believe that. And uh, I think it's fascinating to me, actually. And we've come a long way. Ultimately, it's the growth in the economy and the companies that are contributing to that growth that end up in a lot of these funds and end up making profits if you're going to be profitable. And when I look at this kind of stuff, I look at companies like Procter & Gamble. Wow, Procter & Gamble from its high, let me see, its high was just December last year. It's it's down about 20%, but that's off of its high. See, I wonder where Clorox is. I can't, uh, yeah, there we go. So these are just companies that you, you, you know, these are products that you use every day. So that one peaked. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, it's down about 27%. And do you think people will quit washing their clothes or cleaning things because the stock price is down? <laughs> Absolutely not. And uh, it was actually ahead of itself there uh, back in 2020. And uh, right now it's slightly below, I think, where it should be. Um, But it's relatively close. So bottom line is it really didn't belong at the higher price anyway. Uh, Does that mean you would sell? It depends on who you are, what kind of portfolio manager you are and what you're doing. If you are value-oriented, you're probably getting a lot more interest in it right now than you were you know, two years ago. So that's kind of how that works. And you know, I, I still think if you really have a big interest in this, um, the book Beating the Street, Peter Lynch, that's a good one to read. And uh, I just want to go over again. This The volatility is, of this is not abnormal. This is actually more like normal. This is more of, of what I came up through uh, in the industry. There were a few years there where markets did nothing but go up. And everybody that remembers that, by the way, is either my age or older. <laughs> but the uh, and younger people, I'm I'm pretty sure they they don't really know because this the day that you would need to look for that, uh, look that up, is uh, it takes a long time to find it, even though most of it's available on the internet. You still have to find it, and then you got to figure out which is accurate and which is not, and that's going to take you some time. But uh, there's a bunch of stuff thrown around that I I hear that makes me shudder. Oh yeah, the stock market averages 10% a year. Uh, Yeah, but you get a 50% drop in there every once in a while. So if that happens, are you going to stay there and be able to reap the benefit of the long-term returns instead of missing a big part of an upward movement if it goes back up without you? And there's a really good chance that because it happens so frequently, you may hit one or two uh, right on the head and feel really lucky. And then the market's going to make you feel bad. And uh, so I think you'd you'd be better off focusing on what styles of investment management, which is kind of what we try to do at at Bullington Capital. We look at large, medium, small cap, what has done best over time periods on a risk-adjusted basis, like how much risk are you taking to to generate those returns. Sometimes the lower-risk funds are going to have lower returns, but it's because they have lower risk, and that helps out like a lot. So maybe you're not down quite as much. Bond funds. 
you know, if you look at the uh, aggregate bond index, which is, you know, so many companies were so fond of using that as a benchmark. That's basically something that you compare yourself to. That's what a definition of a benchmark is. So you look at the uh, uh, BND, that's, that's an index, a bond index that's supposedly super hard to beat. Well, those are bonds, and they're down 20% from where it peaked two years ago. Wow. You, know, you, you are getting the uh, dividend, by the way. So you're not actually, if you're reinvesting, you're not down a full 20%. But that's a bond. And that's why you need to know the difference in maturities. Here's the uh, uh, one that one that I like. I'm actually not allowed to recommend bonds. <laughs> I'm not allowed to make any specific recommendations, okay? So I have to skip the symbol on this. So you you can call me. Uh, this fund over that same time period, it's down two, but it's 1.36. You know, that's not a lot. And during the pandemic, when that first happened, uh, it had had its worst ever two-week time period. It was down about 14% in a couple of weeks, and it bounced right back up. By the end of the uh, the next quarter, it had recovered. Why? Because they're bonds, because they're short-term bonds, uh, which typically don't move like that. And that was kind of a, the pandemic wasn't a unique situation, but they didn't go down nearly as much as stocks did, a little less than, actually it was less than half, and they recovered very quickly. So what's the moral to that story? Well, you need to have some of your money in bonds. Now, if you come up with a, let's say you've got a 25% decline tolerance. And Bill, I'm not worried about I, if, if I'm down 25% that I think I can live with that. Knowing that my long-term goal is to try to have an average return as, as high as I can. Okay, so, but I don't want to be down more than 25%. Okay, we're going to take 25%. We're going to put it in a really diversified, really well-chosen, uh, uh, my opinion, a list of Exchange-traded funds, you can hold some individual stocks in there if you'd like to. The other 50%, we're going to leave right now, particularly in short-term bond funds like this one or just short-term bonds. Uh, I think I've mentioned a few times that uh, we have access to different tools now. And, and one tool that's just been brought to my attention, these products are not very old. Uh, BlackRock came out with funds that are actually more like unit investment trust. It's like a cross between a unit investment trust and a fund. And I know you don't know, a lot of people don't know what those are, but basically they're funds of bonds that act like bonds, but trade like stocks. You can buy and sell these funds, but if you just buy it and hold on to it, it's going to mature and it's going to pay out income over its lifetime. Some of them are one year, some of them are two years, some of them are three, four, five. If you're interested in that, I think the two years right now, and these again, these are holding treasuries, the yield to maturity on a two-year bond fund was a little over 4%. That was when I left the office. That changes, by the way, because prices change on a daily basis. But when you're talking about short-term treasuries and a 4%, incidentally, if we're to buy those for you, we have to charge a management fee. So you're probably going to end up with three and a quarter, which is still really good. And uh, I checked a whole bunch of the local banks for their CDs and the same range, and they were that was pretty substantially higher than the CDs were. So if you want to know more about that, just feel free to give me a call. This is, I mean, literally, this is a brand new product coming out from BlackRock, and they uh, they got several patents on it. So uh, they'll probably be the only ones doing it, <laughs> at least for a while, until somebody can figure out enough or hire enough. Uh, lawyers to to change the language on their prospectus to pro- to protect them when they go to court. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but the, uh, the bottom line is it's a really good idea. You know, short term rates have been moving up. Um, the rates that you can get are much better than they've been in a decade. So, if you'd like more information on that, if you'd like to set up a, a phone consultation, you know, feel free to do that. You can also stop by my office if if you'd like. Uh, we're getting pretty packed here. Near the end of the year, we get a lot of uh, we have a lot of client reviews, but that's okay. We'll try to get you in the best way we can, and it really doesn't take that long. And a fifteen minute phone calls, you know, that's no big deal at all. Uh, even a uh, you know forty five to an hour, that's not a big deal. Uh, 
But this is the, uh, these are kind of important issues. How much money do you have put in bonds? What kind of bonds do you have? If, by the way, if you had the long-term treasury ETF instead of having the uh, uh, fund that we're using, it's down from where it peaked in 2020. That's where it peaked. It's down almost 40%. And those are government bonds. They're long-term government bonds. That's another thing that people are learning the hard way right now. I remember a guy called into the radio show talking about that specific fund when it was going up. And I'm looking at it going up and I'm going, wow, those people are, uh, yeah, that's great for them. I hope they know when to sell. But the fact that they were buying them when they were near their peak means they didn't know what they were doing to begin with. And the chances of them selling at those prices were uh, almost as good as me running a sub 60 second quarter mile. I could do that when I was in the eighth grade because I was in track and that was that was fun. I'm 59 now. I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> I will never. <laughs> I would I would probably kill myself. Every joint in my body would probably break <laughs> trying to run that fast that hard to get. But anyway, but there is a chance. It's just not a good one. <laughs> So it, and it, it's I feel so bad for the, the general public. It you know everybody makes this seem like oh yeah this is easy just do the, just do this and uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and if you mess that up and it's really difficult to make that back and now when I say that an awful lot of people will go oh well you mess that up so you're you mean you know when to get in when to get out no we're not going to do that we're going to go back to how much risk are you willing to take. If you've got 50% of your money in stocks, 50% of your money in short-term bonds, market drops like a rock, you're not going to be down anywhere near as much as somebody who is 100% in stock. Okay, That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to manage the downside. And you need to work together with, with someone. I've, I, somebody trying to get to the, the point that I've gotten to on their own, you, you're going to spend about 10 years of your life studying just to catch up. But the... Uh, yeah, and I get reminded of that a lot when somebody comes in and I see, you know, this is what I was doing. And I know, I know, and I, like I said, I feel bad for people. It, it's really difficult. There's a lot of information out there. There are a lot of products that are being created and floated and you look into them and the general idea looks pretty good. Uh, their expenses are going to be more than 10% of the, the portfolio value a year. They run from those, you know stay away but uh, i hear the music that means i'm going to take a real quick commercial break this is bill bullington right here on 1420 stay tuned be right back she told her she'd rather fix her makeup and try to fix what's going on but the problem keeps on calling even with the cell phone gone I'll always remember Andy's first words to me. I didn't even know we had an ad on Craigslist. Not good when you're calling about a Craigslist job posting. Despite that, we talked for hours and Andy hired me right there on the spot. I was the first non-family member plumber in the business, but it felt like I was immediately adopted into their family. It still feels that way for me and everybody at Wyatt Works. It's why Mama Ruth still cooks breakfast for everyone. The best part of being a plumber here is the support you get from everybody. One of the earliest solo jobs I had was working in a mansion with a huge indoor pool and a super fancy water heater system. So I called Andy for some advice. He dropped what he was doing, drove over an hour and a half, and trained me and showed me what to do. And that's not an exception. That's typical. That's why we want to get things wallakadoodle perfect for our customers. I'm Jamal, and if you're a plumber that wants in, skip the Craigslist ad, call us direct. Consider it done at wyattworks.com. License number 30185. No doubt about it, we're spending more time at home, which is the perfect time to make it more functional and beautiful. Hi, Ed Flash Ferrance here for Artistic Renovations, Northeast Ohio's premier and award-winning remodeler. Artistic did a fantastic job with our kitchen in 2016, and last year, they were back for the master bath. Oh, my word. Do yourself a favor and go to artisticreno.com. Believe me, you'll love their ideas and without question, the finished product. For a virtual consultation, call 216-520-0838 or visit Artistic. Artisticreno.com. 
Thinking about updating your home? Well, Joyce Factory Direct specializes in replacing old, outdated windows. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features their exclusive Smart Shield High Performance Glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers just love how much warmer their house is and how easy their new windows operate and clean. Right now, you can save 50% on all installations. Just call to schedule a free consultation with on the spot pricing 440 243 5700 or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. W-H-K. Celebrating 100 years in Cleveland. W-H-K. There is no ocean that can't be parted. There is no mountain. And- and I'm back. Like it or not. <laughs> if you have any questions with anything you hear on this show, you'll feel free to reach out to me. It's BullingtonCapital.com is the website. I'll try to get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. And before I start talking about fixed income, we've talked about the economy. We've talked a little bit about the stock market. What I'm going to tell you uh, and to finish that up is that, yeah, this is just another correction. Uh, this correction is going to go away. This is going to heal. I'm not sure exactly when. If I knew that, I wouldn't have to work. Um, but I can tell you in the long run, there are a lot of good things going on in this economy. I mean, it is huge. And we're being distracted a lot by an awful lot of noise that's going on outside of the stock market. If you could see the actual growth rates on some of the large companies and some of the industries in this country, you'd be shocked. You'd be saying, well, why are stocks going down? And yeah, because they're stocks. <laughs> That's my answer. Because they're stocks. If you watch this long enough, closely enough, you'll come to the same conclusion. It doesn't make sense. Why do stocks move as much as they do? Because they're stocks. And there's actually a lot of emotion that gets involved, by the way. That's, the, uh, that's a topic of another show. So some of the unemotional types of investments you can make. You can go fixed index annuities, which I uh, happen to like a lot, especially for people who are looking for, to generate income and just don't want to have to uh, worry about it anymore. You're going to put it in there. Eventually, you're going to turn that income on. It might not be right now. Uh, it may be a year from now. Actually, in most cases, it's going to be a year from now. But in some cases, I should say. But maybe uh, four or five years from now, you know, you're, you're approaching retirement and you'd like to see what you could guarantee as a portion of your investments and what kind of income that might be able to guarantee. So that's where those things really come in handy because they publish schedules. Okay, Here's your age now. Here's going to be your age four or five years from now or next year. And how much income can you get? What kind of returns can you get? And typically those products, when they tell you what type of return you're going to get, it's going to be guaranteed for the rest of your life. Now, I know that a lot of people look at that and uh, they want it all. I want, they want the income, they want the growth of the stock market, no taxes, and uh, guaranteed principal. Yeah, everybody wants that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, that one doesn't exist. Uh, you have to, and that's why it's, it's so important. You got to, the, the allocation, the breakdown between the amount of money you have in fixed income, stocks, bonds, and cash, it, it's a, uh, it's a big deal. A lot of fixed income are bonds, by the way. Uh, this is just another area of fixed income. And the word fixed is the key there. What are the minimum guarantees? And that's what I'm most interested in because this is money that you're supposed to be using. It's, on, it's conservative money. What are my fixed guarantees there? And uh, so there's a schedule that, you can, that we can look up. Depends on your age. Do you want to include your spouse uh, the, uh, as a joint annuitant so that something happens to one of you, the other one continues to get paid? Uh, do you want to have money left to your beneficiaries at the end, uh, if there's any money left in the account, because some do, some don't. But a lot of questions there. And uh, I like that area because they're they're willing to guarantee income distributions. That's not interest. Those are different. 
but they're willing to guarantee these distributions at a rate that's really difficult to match. I mean, it's really difficult. You, you couldn't do it. An individual investor would not be able to do it on a risk-free basis. Let me put it that way. It's just there's nothing out there paying that much that, that would allow you to do that. So even the, uh, the fact that I'm looking at some CDs right now and I'm trying to put uh, some of them into certain client accounts, you know, we're getting around a 2%, I'm sorry, around a uh, 4%. That's before any fees or expenses. And that's for a two-year. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, it's not bad at all. But again, it goes into a managed account. If uh, that would be your gross rate, uh, then there are fees and your expenses off of that. And uh, you probably end up with about three and a quarter, uh, which is really good. And that has, I, we haven't seen that in a really long time period. I mean, I can't even remember how long it's been. I do remember doing the uh, radio show around 2008 and 2009 and making some people upset because I was saying that, well, interest rates are going down, probably will go down at least for five years, which would have been around 2013, 2014. So I was wrong. They went down 10 years <laughs> and they went to nearly zero. I did not expect that. I expected them to go down. I thought, well, you might see 2% again or 1% again, or not again, but 1%. But uh, I never anticipated it going as low as it did and staying down there as low as it did. In, in fact, I was just talking to a good client of mine that's been a good friend too for you know 25 years now. And uh, he's a, uh, um, a loan officer at a local bank does mortgages and they're throwing around numbers like 7%. I'm going, wow, that is a man. Do you know how long it's been since this country has seen a 7% interest rate on a mortgage? That's got to be in the uh, late eighties. You know, so you're talking 23, 24 years since you've seen one at that rate again. And I, I remember when I was coming out of high school, when I was in the early eighties, mortgage rates, there were actually some mortgage rates at 22%. A mortgage rate was almost as high as credit card <laughs> rates are. Unbelievable. So could that happen again? I don't know. I'm hoping not. I don't think so. But that's why with your bonds, it's really important. Now, I've been saying this for, I don't know, seven or eight years with the bonds, you don't want to go for the highest yielding bonds because the highest yielding ones typically have more risk. We were just pointing that out with the uh, 20 year treasury bond fund That funds over the past three years, it's down 40%. And those are U S government treasury bonds. See when the, the longer the term is for the bond, these are all 20 year or better the more they're going to drop when interest rates go up. A short-term bond that's paying, uh, that's going to mature in one or two years or three years, it's not going to drop anywhere near that amount because you're not obligated to hang on to it for a few decades. Does that make sense? I try to explain these things in terms that I, I feel like most people could understand, and I apologize if I'm if I am speaking over some of your heads, but you should see the descriptions that I have to read. <laughs> You're not used to a whole bunch of four and five syllable words all strung together in a sentence. The, uh, and a lot of math and it's really difficult <laughs> for the average person to, to figure out what all that stuff is. Duration. Oh, that's only got three syllables. And by the way, the, uh, how you calculate that number, unless you've got, College level statistics, it's probably not going to mean much to you. And uh, so I had to go through all that just to figure out that it wasn't all that helpful. <laughs> and uh, instead of duration, when you think interest rates might go up, just don't hold any bonds that are longer than three or four years. You know, if you think interest rates are going to go up or are, are going to go down, well, that's a gamble. You're, you're, you're basically gambling there, but you could buy bonds that were uh, long-term bonds, those will go up more. I, I don't think I would, I wouldn't want to do, I don't think it's worth the risk, by the way. When you look at the risk and return and this thing they call an inverted yield curve, by the way, I've got a picture of an inverted yield curve that was supplied by one of my vendors' websites and it's actually online. 
uh, and they're showing these these bond funds that they've purchased. They've taken treasuries and converted it into an exchange traded fund that you can buy and sell like a stock. That that's actually a really good idea. I mean, it's a super good idea, and uh, I'm starting to use a little bit of them in my practice. It, it's a relatively new product, so. They'll buy bonds that are all going to mature in December of 2023. So a year from now, all those bonds are going to mature. You get you collect interest on it. I think they're paying those monthly, by the way. Uh, and in a year from now, it's going to mature, and they just put the cash back in your account. So that's kind of cool. You don't even have to do anything. Uh, if you want to buy another one or two years or three years or four years, they go out to, I think they go out to 10 years. But the thing is, you know what you're going to get and when you're going to get it. And that's kind of, that's a good thing. And I like the interest rates on them. I would not buy the 10 years right now because the two years are paying more than the 10 years. And why would you want to hang on to something for 10 years? Uh, if you could get a higher rate and you're only, and you're not obligated to hold it for the whole two years, you could sell it anytime you want. The price will fluctuate. So you got to be aware of that. Uh, it could be good. It could be bad. Uh, it's not going to be real good. It's not going to be real bad. That's the thing with the short term. They don't move that much, but they move little. And the fact that they're paying out a, a monthly dividend, that's kind of nice. The fact that the yield to maturity, that's when you factor in uh, all costs, premiums, um, discounts. The uh, There's a lot to that. I I, I don't want to overwhelm you. <laughs> but yield to maturity is on those things. Uh, right now in the two years, right around a four Four or so, and again, if we were putting them in an account, that's just a position for us in our accounts. So uh, that's if you're buying them directly and not uh, using an advisor. If you're using an advisor, they have to charge a management fee to be able to do that. And, uh, and again, I can set those up for you. We can negotiate that if you'd like. I'm, I'm thinking that somewhere around 75 basis points if, on that. You know, it's by itself. But I know people out there who are bond traders are going 75 basis points. Yeah, well, I'm not dealing dealing in trillions, dude. <laughs> I'm dealing in you know millions, but not trillions. And uh, millions not that much, really, not anymore. It, that's amazing that I'm I'm even saying that millions not that much. Yeah, I remember when I first started in the in the industry, I was just thinking, wow, man, I, I can't believe some people actually make a million dollars a year. And uh, you know, that's when your average baseball salary was like three hundred fifty thousand. We thought that was a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's um, when they say it's different this time it's different every time the only constant in life is change that that's the only constant and when you're going out for something guaranteed like these bonds don't buy super long bonds i don't care what their interest rates are i mean you, you well you're gambling you got a 50 50 shot and I remember Peter Lynch, he ran that Magellan Fund. By the way, you put $10,000 in that fund, it was worth over $300,000 when he retired in about 13 years. And I know a lot of people go, well, that doesn't sound like that much. Really? Warren Buffett hasn't matched that return. <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos hasn't matched that rate. Well, he might have, but he's just the owner of uh, Amazon. And uh, different than actually managing a stock portfolio. Yeah, so number one, the number one guy, and so the chances of you actually doing better than that, uh, beating him, um, I mean, you might beat LeBron in a one-on-one game too, but I, I you know, my money's on LeBron. <laughs> so, but uh, the bottom line is uh, uh, there's been a lot of change. It's going to continue to change right now is a really good time. You've got some fixed products out there that are paying some very attractive rates and, uh, you know, I know they've been a lot of large part of the reason that stocks have been going up when you raise interest rates, it raises the cost of doing business. All the firms out there, like the big firms like GM, Ford, um, uh, Procter and Gamble, you know, when those guys are building factories, they're, uh, or just financing their ongoing operations, their payroll, you know, they borrow money on a short term basis. A lot of that money gets rated and then ends it uh, ends up in a money market fund somewhere but the uh, the bottom line is they have to pay interest on that and when the interest rates go up their costs are going up which makes their profits go down that's one of the reasons that stock prices have a tendency to drop now at some point in time when they start if they start to drop them again anytime in the next few years the uh, 
they will actually gain from that and they won't even have to increase their sales. So figuring out when that's going to happen, by the way, is kind of like, again, figuring out how many points the Browns are going to score in the fourth quarter of their fifth game next year. Just get that done. You know, if you can do that, man, you're managing my money. <laughs> I'm giving you my money. <laughs> the, uh, it's pretty funny, but anyway, uh, key takeaways from today. Don't panic. Try to come back to the basics. How much risk are you actually taking? The, uh, just multiply the percentage by two. That's how much you could be down by. If your stock's dropped, look for short-term high-quality stuff. That's where the best yields are right now. It's short-term high-quality. That's amazing that the best yields are in the short-term high-quality. There are some higher yields, but they're not high-quality. And that's it. So if you've got a, if you, somebody's quoting a rate out there, that's a whole lot more than four or 5%. Um, unless it's a fixed indexed annuity, there's some risk there that, and the risk could be huge. So if you have a question like that, if somebody's showing you, feel free to, to shoot me an email. It's bill at bullingtoncapital.com. I'll take a look at whatever that instrument is. And I'll just shoot you an email back, you know, as to whether or not what, what I think of it. In fact, I've gotten a lot of really good ideas over the last 20 years uh, from people who said, Hey, can you take a look at this? And I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Now it's typically about, I don't know, one in 30, but uh, that's worthwhile. One in 3%. That's pretty good. Especially when it leads to uh, something that uh, you can make a lot of money with. Anyway, I hear the music. That means the show's over. This is Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, 11 to noon. (laughs) 1420. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420. The answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>